Hey, what's going on? My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode, it's going to be another interview. I love doing these interviews because I'm learning something new every time I talk to someone. They have some insight or information that I can take and make my own to help me break my own patterns. I hope that you get some value from these conversations as well. In this episode, I interview Heather Pear about effective communication. And now Heather is the owner of Pivot Life Consulting, where she coaches small businesses to become empowered, to make financial decisions, and to reach new heights of success. And she's also one-third of the host at Diversity on Fire podcast, where they invite guests to share perspectives on all types of diversity-related topics. Let's see where our conversation takes us. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm here for the Parents of Possibility. Right now, I have a very special guest with me. I was visiting her podcast some time ago, and now I've invited her to visit my podcast. She's one-third of Diversity on Fire. It's Heather. Please, Heather, can you introduce yourself? Say hello. Hello, everybody. This is Heather. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Um, I have a podcast called Diversity on Fire that Lee graciously joined us on. It was phenomenal. Um, I am a podcast host and creator. I am a business owner. I do insurance. Don't hold that against me. Um, (laughs) I love my furry animals. I live in the great Northeast, tiny little state that most people don't even know about. No, I'm just kidding. People know about it. New Hampshire. Um, And I love to travel. That's a little taste of me. Wow, that's a whole lot. It gives us a great idea of what kind of interview we're going to be in for. It seems like you're very open and you're willing to share. Because I know some people would sit in that seat and say, yeah, I'm Heather. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I was was actually told just last week that maybe I overshare. Eh, You know, it is what it is. What? Overshare? That I'm very uh, comfortable, or I'm, yeah, definitely uh, comfortable with sharing. Not a problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. So people aren't, some people aren't used to that. I know when I, um, when I was younger, or before I discovered like uh, the patterns of behavior that I had, there was one thing that I did was not share with people. I just would not open up. And I thought it was strange when people would, but I would, I would listen to them and I would not share anything about myself. So, yeah, it's it's very disconnecting. So the point I'm trying to get to is that when you share more, I get to learn more about you. I think it makes me feel a lot safer because I know who you are. Well, I appreciate that. But I actually also appreciate the flip side of it because I do think that I have a lot to work on when it comes to listening. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So then, well, is that a pattern of behavior that you've kind of found yourself stuck in? Tell me about that listening. I would say I would I would um I would title it as more of a communication on the whole. 
Mm -hmm. So I (laughs) don't filter myself very much at all, at all, at all. Um, And (laughs) it's a work in progress. I've been working on my communication for a while. Um, I recently did a program called Crucial Conversations. It's a certification program about having hard conversations and how to do that in the most advantageous way. Um, And it was very revealing because even though I've been working on my communication for a while, I found a lot of areas that I definitely still need work on. Um, So I think if if you're looking for my pattern, the pattern that I would say, just to kind of wrap it up, would be not thinking that my communication was the problem. So if I were to say something to somebody and they didn't quite catch it or they didn't understand me, I never accepted that as my responsibility because Mm -hmm. I was being completely open and honest. I was speaking my mind. I was very open and raw. So it's their problem that they didn't understand me, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, with both of their ears, they couldn't hear what you were saying. It's it's a shame. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But of course, you know, we think that people have the problem. People are the problem in many cases. We're just like, okay, yeah, what did you do wrong? Because I say everything clearly and understand that. So then when you say you're listening or you're working on your communication, was it more like to slow down? And to be able to really understand how your words are impacting this person or, or more patience, is that what it came about to? I have learned patience, which I never thought I had. I was capable of. I think what I started to realize um, is that <laughs> I was the common denominator. So mm-hmm. if I'm not taking accountability for my communication style and yet time and time again, people are still not understanding me, then I need to reflect back and say, okay, so what is Heather not doing in this situation? Mm -hmm. So I really started to pay attention to not just what I was saying, but how people literally, how they were reacting to what I was saying, their body language. And that's really when I realized, hey, guess what? It's me. It's you. <laughs> so let me ask you about that. Um, is there a a story or like an instance that you could point out that was clearly, you know, a miscommunication on your part and maybe you didn't feel like it was your communication, but when you look back at it, you're like, oh yeah, I messed that up. Lee, you are such a master at pinpointing stories. I am not quite as good as you in that way. I can think of a million instances, but not in a way that I could maybe articulate them in a valuable manner. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you could have you could have said no, but I can see that communication is working out for you. <laughs> I have to over-explain. <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment too. I mean, there's there's a story in there, a story in all of us. But um, so then, was there? I'm going to try and ask again because I think that was a tough one. A tough mm-hmm. one. I'm yeah. just so curious about what what was the change that you may have had, or when was the realization that you realized, well, this is you. This is the common denominator. So you've had many experiences, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe among your coworkers or your friends that you've had an experience. Well, just like, oh, um, yeah, my bad. I think if I can give an example without having a specific example, 
I mm-hmm. found myself repeating things a lot. Ah, like okay. I would say something super clear, like mm-hmm. not concise probably, but in my mind it was very clear. Like the words were exactly what I needed to tell them, but they didn't get it. And so I would repeat <laughs> it. And it's like we would have repeat conversations about mm-hmm. various topics. I mean, we're talking about work and personal relationships. And that's where it started getting really frustrating. And I'm like, okay, something has to change because this is frustrating for me, which means it's probably frustrating for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of piece that couples along with this is um, my feeling of always constantly being misunderstood. Oh. And that's a – I mean – that really tied in closely with my communication because I, my communication wasn't getting across. So of course I was feeling misunderstood. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I hadn't even thought about it from that angle of you being misunderstood, but um, that is a really interesting point to it because if you can't get across what you need, then no one's going to be able to help you with your needs they're going to always misinterpret it. And they may even just, you said, get frustrated, may even just decide to give up and just, eh, whatever, because I'm not going to get the answer right anyway. I'm not going to understand what she needs from me anyway. So I'm just going to do whatever. And that just curates a lot of chaos. Yeah, that was a good story. I mean, that was a good reflection. <laughs> this is a good reflection. <laughs> because work there's, in progress. It's work in progress. Yeah. So then with you being misunderstood about this, um, I can imagine that had an impact like because, of course, you just can't get what you need from other people and they're frustrated with you as well. So you said that you started working on your communication. So what did you do? Could you pinpoint some of the things that you may have done to change your communication? So I think the first thing, and again, I just want to state for the audience and anyone that's listening This is something that is probably never-ending type of a thing that you work Mm -hmm. on and you work on and you work on. And I am far from a point where I can say that I'm anywhere close to perfecting it. Um, But I would say the first thing I did, and I mentioned it earlier, is I had to stop myself and pay attention. So I really started paying attention to body language and Mm -hmm. how people were reacting and responding physically and facial expressions to what I was saying. So do you see a lot of people just like sigh or or turn away or? <laughs> well, I don't think I was making people mad all the time. <laughs> no, it wasn't about making people mad. No, it was just they um glazed over, like ah. almost like they were lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started noticing that, right? So I started noticing now. Now I'm paying close attention. So now I'm noticing that they look lost. So the next step that I would take. Um, is, okay, let me reaffirm what I'm saying. Like you ask the question, do you understand what I'm saying? Or does that make sense? Or more specifically, what did you just hear me say? Mm -hmm. You have to be super careful about that though, especially because I have a super strong personality. So sometimes you can say, what did I just say? And that sounds real aggressive. Uh, (laughs) So you don't want to sound aggressive, obviously. Um, But that was kind of the two components that really started me off. Yeah, that sounds like, um, that sounds great because you're really tuning into the person that you're talking to. With the, I can just imagine people looking at you with a glaze. That's, uh, it's like, oh, again? Like, what did, 
it could, I could imagine that would get a little bit frustrating for you too. Like, oh man, again, like faster, people faster, think faster. I yeah. can imagine that would be like a frustration at a point in time, but because you have that kind of personality, that's just kind of powerful. Whew, yeah. It, yeah. People say, I've been told intimidating before and I'm, I don't take that personally, um, but I also don't want people to feel like that. So that's another thing that I don't always tone it down. But if I, I, when you're reading people's body language, if you do start to see them feel like maybe a little more nervous to engage mm-hmm. in the conversation, to like tone down a little bit, which is hard for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But in the overall, and overall, at the end of the day, what you want to do is communicate. So you're going to do what you need to do to get your information across. So that means like stepping back a little bit, like trying to let them feel a little safer, let them know that you feel you're you're comfortable, you're an easy person to talk to. You know, it's important to do that. So that's you recognize that whole thing. And yes, definitely, uh, I could say intimidating. And I'm glad that you don't take that as uh, an insult because it, it's a really positive thing. I, I, I mean, in my mind, in my mind, I believe it is. <laughs> I don't take it as an insult. I, but I, I don't know if I think that it's a positive thing because, like what you just said, the goal is to communicate. So, if I'm in any way coming across as like intimidating when I'm trying to have a conversation, now. If you come up to my car door and it's locked or if you're like banging on my door at 2 a.m., I better be intimidating. Be scared. But like when I'm trying to have a conversation with you, I don't want you to be intimidated. I want Mm -hmm. you to feel like comfortable and I want you to communicate because that's where the value is. Absolutely. So when you're doing that, when you're toning it down a bit, have you ever had anyone say that, you know, during the conversation that they're intimidating or they don't feel comfortable or anything like that? Have you ever encountered that? I don't think during – I'm trying to think. I don't think during a conversation mm. anyone has ever said that. After a conversation, when maybe a conversation had gone badly and we're addressing why it might have gone badly. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a common thing, and this actually happens most often in a relationship setting, like a, um intimate relationship type setting, is the other party will – shut down. So we're having a conversation and then they'll kind of just shut down and and go silent, right? And so that pretty much ends the conversation, right? Yeah. So then if that happens and later we're like, what happened? Like, why did you shut down? That's when they would say, well, here's what I was starting to feel like, you know, and that's when the intimidation piece really comes up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's really cool that you go back and you process that too. You don't let it, you don't let it go because you need to get down to the, to the meat of it, to the real, the point of the issue, which is they're they're not feeling like they can talk. They're intimidated by you. So you don't just let that conversation go or the feelings about it go. You come back, revisit it. And that's really important too, because otherwise that stuff will fester and you'll have resentment and your communication will even be will be even more awful. It'll be it'd be a lot worse. Because no one's communicating with each other. No one's thinking about what's happening in the conversation right now. I know when it happens to me, when I'm resentful and my relationships are resentful, and it's like everything that I ever held against you is happening right now in this conversation. 
And as soon as we start escalating, I'm going to bring all the things that I held back. I'm going to start throwing them at you so that we can have a, <laughs> we can have a battle here. Yeah. So definitely want to go up, go back and clean that up. So then after you started doing things like that, you were looking for people's facial expressions and really communicating like with them. Have you heard what I said or what did you hear just to make sure that you can clean it up and make sure it's clear? And then finally going back to to these conversations where they didn't go well, find out what the root cause was. So you've seen your relationships change in a dramatic way when you've done that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, what I will say is not at first. So Lee, you're the pattern guy, right? So mm-hmm. I found patterns within patterns. So, okay, now I've identified that maybe I'm the common denominator And I start paying attention to these things. But then I got to a point where I was almost wrapped into a brand new pattern where I'm saying, read the words that I put down or that I said, it's your fault. I got back into it again, right? Like (laughs) you're not understanding me and I'm paying attention, but you're giving me funny looks like I look like an alien. And I'm noticing that you think I look like an alien, but it's Mm -hmm. still your fault. (laughs) <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's hard to process. It's funny. A part of the um, crucial conversations, one of the pieces of it is they look at it as <clears throat> if you and I are having a conversation and you don't understand what I am trying to say, whose fault is that? Mine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's very revealing because how is it my fault? Why it, it, you you get into this place where I don't know, maybe it's almost like you feel bad for yourself. You're like, why do I have to be the one to do all of the work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like it's plain English. And <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, I've been there before, so I know exactly what you're talking about. It's plain, it's very clear to you in your head. But when you speak to someone, when they come out of the words come out of your mouth. And they go into somebody else's ears, they've interpreted completely differently. And you're just like, well, well, how did that happen? Because they the words weren't like that when they left my mouth, you know? So it's all your fault. And I completely get that. <laughs> so um, when you had to take ownership of the fact that it wasn't your fault, it was pretty uncomfortable. So, when I had to take ownership of the fact that it was my was, fault, was it's your very fault. uncomfortable. And it still is uncomfortable. I, I will tell you that I fall into this a lot. And my way out of it now is to stop myself. To say, I said I found patience that I didn't know existed. <laughs> I'm very go, go, go type of a personality. So patience for me is a little bit of wasted time. <laughs> But I have found patience. You know, it, you know, when something needs to be said, let's say it. Let's get it out of the way. I don't want it to fester for days and days. For mm-hmm. me, I don't like that. But I did recognize that if I do let it, and I, I let me remove that word fester. If I do let it sit for mm-hmm. a couple days, then it does allow me to process it in a much better way, and it allows it allows them the time and space to process it so that when we do come back together we're actually communicating <laughs> on each other's level again rather than me being upset because you didn't get me and you being upset because i you know i talk weird right <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you can 
let your emotions like rest a bit. Like you're not, you're not reacting off of something because you're already upset about it. And that can really lead to clarity. No, it really, really does. And I think that's the best thing I did for myself was to be patient um, and to allow it and to swallow my pride, if you will. I'm very animated. When I get I get excitable when I talk. So even though I don't think I'm intimidating because I feel what I feel in my body and it's pure like joy, excitement, and happiness, that may read differently to someone else. So it is my responsibility. And that was the best gift I could give to myself is just to swallow that pride. Yeah, because eventually, like it goes back around to you're you're getting the thing that you want, which is to communicate. So it's just difficult to have to realize that there's more work that you have to do with it. Like it's it's work on your part. And it doesn't feel like they're doing any real work. They're just listening. Like they're they're not making an effort to try and understand. So on that note though, when people are trying to make an effort to understand you, like if they can't understand so when I don't understand someone, I I flat out kind of stop them and tell them, Hey, I don't understand what you're saying. Um, I'm gonna ask you some questions though to see if I can get clarity around what you're saying. Because if they can't tell me then then I, I kind of can figure out what I'm confused about and worked on, on communicating in that to them. So if you had any, any experience like that, has anyone said, hey, I can't understand you, but but uh, let me see if I can guess at what you're saying? No, unfortunately, I can't give you a specific example that I remember that happening. So I do that a lot. I've been accused of like being an interrogator. <laughs> Because if oh, I don't understand, interrogator. Oh, I'm all I'm all of these negative words. Yeah, what like, is going on? Are you writing a book about me? And I'm like, no, I'm actually just interested in you. <laughs> like, sorry. Um, so I I'm with you in that. So I'm using a a, neg- a word with negative connotation here, interrogator. But I ask those follow up questions. I think this is where the intimidation piece, and this is where I realized I had to soften myself too a little bit is because people weren't asking me those follow-up questions. So I think sometimes you can come off too confident and too strong. So then, and this is just me, this is my own thought process that may have been happening, speculation, if you will, that maybe they were thinking that they couldn't catch up to me or that they should be understanding what I was saying, but then they weren't. So they didn't want to ask. They didn't feel comfortable. Essentially, it boils down to not being comfortable. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can understand that because you still had some work to do as far as building up your your reputation with these people as well. Because if they're people that communicated with you so often, then they've had this experience where they're not able to listen or they're not able to get it, then it's not going to end well. So they're just like, okay, I'll accept it and I'll go away with it. So I'm curious though um, about the questions, the kind of questions that you might have asked. And then I ask a bunch of what questions, like what or where or no why questions. I don't ask any why questions. And I know you're a coach as well. So I imagine that those why questions, they feel like an interrogation. I think it really is very much based on context. So mm-hmm. if we're talking about what I focus on with coaching, and I, I should say, 
it's catered to who, who I'm working with. But one thing that I do require everyone, especially the business owners to do, is to define their why. And so, mm. so in that context, mm-hmm. um, they very much have to address that. And we address it on a deep level. We go layers deep in terms of the why, because I feel like that's important for them to fully understand and engage with before we can move forward in whatever we're doing coaching wise. Um, in terms of a personal aspect, yes, absolutely. Why? Because you think about somebody, yeah, I just bought a blue car. Why? <laughs> like, I don't know. I liked it. Like those, those quite, and it, and it does depend obviously how you ask it as well, but more of the what and more of like the interest or you're asking how kind of what the questions were that I would, my follow-up questions with people. Yeah. Um, I would say speaking from now, it would be a lot of, how did you understand that? Uh, mm. A lot of how did that make you feel? Mm. Um, do you remember how you got there? You know, what brought you to that place? Um, what do you think about this? Trying to, mm-hmm. it's it, they're direct questions, but they're mm. open-ended and they really lob it to the person softly so that they can feel like it's not an interrogation. Yeah. That I'm handing them the ball and I'm saying, I'd love to know what you have to say about this. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't sound like interrogating questions either. <laughs> they do sound like very open questions. Like how did you, and do you remember how you got there? And that's feedback for you as well. You're trying to get more clear on what, where they've gone wrong with. So the next time you communicate with them, you know that, all right, this is going to be, if I say it this way, then they may not get it. But if I say it that way, it may go across well. So that's really important to do. And so I want to step back, though, and talk about your your coaching business. Now, your coaching business, you said that you interrogate. You didn't say interrogate, but I had to bring that back. <laughs> you just like that. <laughs> yeah, interrogate. But um, so you talk to your your clients and you tell them that you have to figure out what your why is. And that's super important to figure out what the why is. And uh, I'm curious, how long have you been working as a coach and who do you work with? And, and how do you really get down to those, those whys? So when I started off, it was with a, actually with a networking organization that was with them specifically, that coaching was more along the lines of, growth and um, professional avenues, things like that. When I went on my own, it's, it is focused on discovering your why because in my opinion, that's where you have to start. So my company is formed on a foundation. And until you have that foundation, nothing that you put on it is going to be stable. Right. So whether that be a personal relationship or a business relationship. Now, as far as the coaching that I do, it is primarily focused on small businesses. Um, I like to work with people that are within their first three to five years. Um, And the reason why I decided to do that specific area is because my family is not entrepreneurial. And so when I went out on my own, They were amazing, but they had no idea how to support me. And Mm. so when tough – because it's really hard to be on your own. It's really hard to 
especially the way I do it, I just jump right off the diving board and I learn how to swim on my way down. That's just how I roll. (laughs) (laughs) And so when the conversations or when the stress was visible, I remember my sister saying to me one time, we were going for a walk and she said, well, why don't you just go and get, you know, just get a regular job again? And she meant it. She meant no harm. She meant no harm in saying that. But that was a knife to my heart as Mm. an entrepreneur because I had a dream and I had a passion and I could visualize it and I knew I could do it. And so wrapping this back into why I like working with new business owners is that is a very crucial point. And if you truly want to succeed, I want to help you get there. I want to give you that support because it can't always be your family. Sometimes it absolutely can't be. Yes, uh, absolutely. Because your family doesn't know. And they, like you said, your sister was just trying to provide a solution. And she doesn't know what goes into being an entrepreneur or any other avenues that you could take. The solution would be, I want to help you. And maybe you should get a job. I can suggest that for you, but that's all I've got for you. And that hurt. I mean, I, I can, I can see that, that that would hurt. So um, I like this idea of you being a small business owner, uh, coach. I, I can see where this personality of you being uh, fierce, I think fierce is a better word than the ones we were looking at earlier. I like it. I like it. Fierce, but also a kind and accommodating and sweet. So you're able to push people because you said, if you want to make it, you have to really work hard towards it. You have to make it so things are going to get tough and you're going to be that extra push to get people over the finish line or when they feel like they don't need it or they, they feel like they can't make it. Essentially a support system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am not a therapist, but sometimes it, it has felt like therapy because Definitely. that's what people need sometimes because I will be honest, sometimes it's not about finding a solution. Sometimes it's about reminding them that they're already working it. They just have to be patient enough to let that solution like mm-hmm. be visible, that the the progress be visible. Right, right. Yeah, because they're just bogged down with the idea of like, I'm not getting anywhere. But you can't see that. I guess if you're in the if the forest, what you're too close to the forest to see the trees. So if somebody tracking you from the outside can see that you've moved halfway past the forest. So, and you'd be that person. Keep going. You're almost there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's doable. Yeah. So um, when you get to the why, so I want to stay on the why for a moment. You have a podcast called Diversity on Fire. So can you tell us a little bit about the why behind that? Why did you start that? What's your vision for it? So the why behind Diversity on Fire is that we didn't think that important conversations were happening as much as we thought they should be. So every time, and of course, there was several catalysts over the year of 2020, but honestly, for years and years, things have been happening. Racial injustice, discrimination in terms of ableism, and just honestly, so many different things. People don't always treat each other very nicely. Mm-hmm. And we believe, I will, let me speak for myself. I believe that a lot of that stems from misunderstanding. 
We they say we fear what we don't understand or they mm-hmm. we fear what we don't know. So how do we combat that? We combat that by getting to know what we don't know. And how do we do that? We do that on an individual person to person level. We talk about people, we talk about stories, we have conversations. And mm-hmm. we do the conversations um not all of our conversations are super controversial, um but some of them are. And some of them are very uncomfortable for people. Not for us, I think, maybe because we have those personalities that are just open and and willing to talk about anything. But it was really important for us to keep those conversations going. Let people hear us as normal people. We're not celebrities. We're not famous. Nothing. As normal people have those conversations and just hope that they're inspired to take that conversation and keep it rolling in their own life. Fantastic. Yeah, I really like that you want to inspire conversations. And I really enjoyed that you pointed out several different kinds of conversations. And it's important to to do that because I know on the, one of your plat one of your episodes, um, you all talked about food. And it was hilarious. I really enjoyed that episode about macaroni and cheese and home cooked food and, and stuff like that. I loved it. And I thought, that's great because every time I listen to your podcast, I do not want to be stressed out. I want to see you as a person who has real feelings about real things that I'm experiencing. We're not always having these conversations where I'm, I'm frustrated or I, I have to go and feel like I have to do something about it. I also feel more connected. And yeah. that's that seems to be what what's happening behind the scenes or with you all, right? Real people. Yeah. It's yeah. it's about it's about connection. It's my word of the year actually is connection. Connection. All it right. really you know, it's it is. It's about being able to connect with people. And I know actually that's something that's important to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It is the reason why I do everything I do right here. It's because of the I just want to be close to people. I want other people to be close to each other. It just feels really great when you're not misunderstood, when you're you're completely understood. And even if we don't agree with things, you understand my point of view and you can go along with your life and don't see me as a threat now because you understand me. You know, you're not scared. So I hope that you just go live your life and let me live mine. <laughs> That's my hope. Um, so about this though, it's curious about these conversations. You said they're important conversations that, that aren't being had. And I know similar around race, ableism, sexism, all the isms out there. Diversity on fire, like what do you see yourself tackling most? They're they're all over. So we have gone kind of across the board. Our format in 2021 is that we're tackling a topic per month. Um, so to give you kind of a, a little bit of a sampling on what that looks like and how across the board they are. Um, we had an overcoming episode where we, or not episode, but month where we talked to a lot of people that went through massive challenges in life Mm -hmm. and overcame them and kind of talked about that for people that are struggling. Cause obviously we've all been a really awkward new situation, which is not new anymore, but it still feels awkward and it still feels, um, hard. So mm-hmm. we had overcoming um, February, of course, we talked to uh, about Black History Month. So we talked to some amazing um, Black people, uh, both men and women that are in business that are doing really important work. Um, we actually have ableism coming up. This month, we're talking about the justice system. We talked to prosecutor, defense attorney, and um, also someone who worked in the prison system. Wow. 
Yeah, we've got LGTB, uh, LGBTQ on the books. We've got Latinx, Asian, Native American. We, I mean, we're we're hitting it. Diversity is a big topic. <laughs> so when you say diversity, you don't mean just like like a one different person. You mean everybody. You're talking about all kinds of things. I really oh love that. Gosh. Yeah, and food, like you said, and actually mm-hmm. nature. Uh, so uh, natural natural diversity will energy energy diversity. There's gonna be a lot of stuff. I'm curious about this natural diversity because I've never heard this before. Diversity in nature. Um, so what we talk about a lot of times with is, uh, species becoming extinct and biodiversity, we don't realize how important and the roles certain vegetation play until they're gone and then a whole ecosystem is decimated. But we don't really pay attention to that stuff. And I'll be honest, it is not my wheelhouse, but I do think it's important. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is just now permeating my consciousness. I've never heard of that before. And so I, I guess this is something like with the bees, we st- we're always hearing save the bees. And so this is part of it, the natural, nature of diversity. Yeah. It's bees. Mm. It's wild animals. It's uh, trees. It's, um, it's everything. It's all kinds of things. Diversity on fire, everybody. You've got to go check this out because it is fire. I love it. And I'd, I'd like to hear some more of the 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 fun kind of episodes too as well so i'm sure they, you all always have fun in in the podcast when you all talk together i can always find something that's really interesting and fun that i could take away and laugh at which is a relief because the co- the conversation can be deep sometimes too so um like i said i really enjoyed the fact that you show yourself as a, a person with, you know, who eats different foods, like I might not eat the same kind of foods and all that stuff. So diversity every everywhere. Um, have you been able to see the kind of impact that you've had on it? Like, uh, have people been writing into you to share their stories or share their thoughts about the podcast? So we haven't had any shared stories outside of um, personal relationships. But we have had a lot of feedback. We've had a lot of feedback with people um, that we know or people that we don't know that have given feedback to people that we know. (laughs) Because (laughs) so, for example, I have an aunt that listens and she recommended it to um, someone that she works with. And that person that she works with, I have no idea who this person is. And Mm -hmm. she gave feedback. And that's how I heard that. So we have had a lot of feedback in that regard. And it's humbling and it's wonderful to hear um, the most feedback that we have is that it it is impacting. It's making people think. And I, I, I'm glad that you said we should do more fun stuff. I think we laugh at each other a lot, but it might not always come through on the audio. And so I like that tip because we'll try to work in some more of that laughter because it is really important to keep it light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I guess I'm one of those people who's given feedback. I, there you go. I mean, I just really enjoyed the the food episode. and You just like food, it sounds like. That is, that's true. That is a true statement. <laughs> I experienced travel through food. It's when I came to Chicago for the first time, there was a Korean taco place. Never heard of a Korean taco. What is that? So I went to, to have one of those and it was just a great experience. And I've I've had just about every kind of deep dish pizza around here because, of course, it's Chicago. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love food. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so then um, your communication with individuals has really helped when you're communicating on this podcast because now you're able to talk to more people and and so that I think that's what I was getting at if you're if your message is getting across to people the way you want to, and it seems like it is, you said people are having conversations. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think as far as this is, it's learning for us as well. One thing that we did promise each other is, you know, as we're doing these episodes, because it's funny, a lot of people often, they often think that we all share the same worldview or opinion or politics or something like that. But the truth is, is that we differ a lot, but we just made sure we decided that if we're going to do this and we're going to put it out there for people, it's really important for us to demonstrate how to have a conversation regardless of if you agree. So Mm -hmm. sometimes that's what it looks like. Sometimes disagreeing looks like agreeing. And that's that's what we're doing. Um, I don't know Nina's experience or Ashley's experience. They don't know mine. And you'll hear on some of the episodes, they're like, whoa, I didn't know that at all. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know that about you. And us just working through those things has been so helpful for us as individuals. And so, again, we can just hope that that, that just plays off and it's helpful for other people as well. And it encourages them to again, go out and try it. Yeah. When I hear that, when I hear those moments, it, it makes me feel like it's definitely more authentic because you're just feeling you're in, in front of our eyes or in front of our ears, we are getting to hear you guys, you all grow together, essentially feel more vulnerable and comfortable and sharing something new with each other. And subsequently, we get to experience that too. And we get to experience the reaction that you have with each other. Like, oh, this is a new and different thing. But we're cool. We're still cool. Like, I didn't know you had that experience, but we're still fine. You know, I love that. Uh, you're actually demonstrating it. So such a win, such an inspiration, really. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to ask you how communication has changed your life, how changing your communication style has changed your life. You know, I I see you have the podcast and you're connecting with people. Um, Is there anything else that communication has done for you? So it has changed my life. I will say that it has made my life easier. I still struggle with it a lot. I still have a lot to learn and a lot to work on. But it has made my life less stressful because Mm -hmm. I no longer have to get frustrated when people don't understand me. I can now sit back and say, okay, how could I have said that different? Let's try it again. And I've given myself the opportunity to take that time, whereas my brain, it's on on go mode, Mm -hmm. but I can step it back. So how it's changed my life, I would say it has drastically reduced the stress that I'm under. Now, I am still a weirdo, and I love being a weirdo. Not ever going to not be a weirdo. How are so, you a weirdo? What? Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. I just think I am. But So if people still look at me and think that like, what? What? Then, that, then I'm okay with that, but at least we can have a conversation about it, and I'm not offended, and you're not scared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I love that. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing better than being aware of of what's happening in the situation. You're like, yeah. "Yeah." So you- I'm quirky. Maybe that's the word I'm trying to say. Not weirdo. Like I'm super quirky. 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 Uh, Yeah, I I would say that too. Quirky is a good word. Look at us doing vocabulary here, getting our vocabulary words. Labels. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. You're feeling more empowered by the fact that you have more, I guess, control over the situation. Like, you know what's happening and not so much of a, not so much of like, well, I don't know what went wrong here. Like, you know that you can tweak it. It's like if your car broke down, you know that it ran out of gas and it's not that the engine blew up and there's nothing you could do about it. Essentially, you know how to fix the problem is where I'm getting at. So then- I love that you just said you have more control over the situation. And let me tell you why. Because that is something that has been said to me in, in the past of like that I have a desire to control everything. And I think that that was right because in the previous mindset- I was going to say it how I was going to say it, and you were going to hear it how I was going to say it, and you were going to understand it how I was going to say it. So that was me controlling it in a negative way, right? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to crack you up. But now I control it in a totally different way, and in modifying the way I'm doing it, I'm actually, in fact, getting the result that I wanted all along. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I think of it. I'm right with you with the control thing, with all the patterns of like, oh, I recognize that. Well, even if I could say that this is a problem that I can't fix, at least I know that and I'm okay with it. It's not like, oh, there's something I can do. No, there's nothing you can do. So there's no anxiety about it. I think control or just the feeling of having control over your own feel, your your emotions and everything is the best thing to do for communication. And you've you've had some really great uh, insight into what communication has done for you. So I wonder if there's anything that you would recommend or, or share with anyone who is struggling with communication. So the best tip I think I would say to start with um, is to pay attention to how people are responding physically to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That for me was super telling. So when you're saying something and you meet it one way, body language is is very, very revealing. So pay attention to that first. And then maybe also practice uh, the listening piece where you go back to them and they've said something to you and you reiterate what they said. Can you kind of sum it up in your own words and see how many times that you're right? And that's just to make sure you're actually listening. And I, the reason why I would say that in terms of the communication is because you're probably going to realize you're not listening as well as you think you are, mm. which will tell you that maybe you're also not talking as well as you think you are. Oh, wow. Drop the mic on that one. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm just going to move to the next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have nothing more to say on that. Uh, so then about diversity. So now that we're understanding like how we can just have a regular conversation about anything, now we're going to talk about something that's difficult. How do we get those kind of conversations started? It really depends on the topic you're talking about and who you're talking to. I want to start there just because there are a lot of sensitive topics. And so for me, 
if I'm talking to a friend, I will be 100% me because I know that they know me and they know that if I say something really stupid that might be offensive, they'll correct me and they won't Mm -hmm. hold it against me because they don't, they know, they'll know that it's not done with any sort of malice. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking to someone that you don't know as well, that wouldn't be comfortable with calling you out, tread super lightly. And I guess the best way you could start it would be how did you experience that? What did mm. that look like to you? What mm. did that feel like to you? Was there anything um, about this or that topic or this or that? You know, if you use social references or movies or current events, that's a really good way to kind of get your foot in the door because that's something that's tangible for everybody in a certain moment. So what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, so the racial events that happen, we can use a that event. I think sometimes what ends up happening is what we're trying to do is we're trying to read a book about the first slave ships that came to the U.S. That's not where you want to start the conversation. That's not because it's too much, it's too deep, and it's not tangible. Right. Um, it's not something that someone can grab onto because it's, you know, for you, if you have family that has a lineage of slaves, or I'm maybe that's not the right word. I don't know. <laughs> you know, even see, look, even me sometimes, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. Um, then maybe it's personal to you. But if somebody doesn't have that, they're not going to be able to touch it. So Mm -hmm. if you look at um, social media, there's plenty of social media accounts right now. Um, I actually just found one recently. I love this person. Um, LGBTQ community, um, non-binary. This person, the way that they present everything that they say is so amazing. So I, you know, if you want to talk about that, you can show that video to someone and say, what does that look like to you? Hmm. So I would say the best way to start hard conversations would be with a recent event, recent and current events. So if I can kind of sum it up that way, that's the best way. And rather than saying, don't you think this is this? Oh, yeah. Say, what do you think about this? Right. Because the that example that you gave at don't you think is kind of trying to implant your own ideas within theirs like saying don't you agree with me and in mm-hmm. a hostile feels very hostile too yeah. like what if i say no then we're immediately in contention and so that just doesn't start off a great connection doesn't start off a connection at all it's really disconnecting no pe- go ahead people tend to shut down when they feel like they're we take things really super personally like if we oh, don't yeah. agree all of a sudden you don't like me and I don't like you. And it's really just, it's just a difference of opinions, but that's just, I don't know why we're built this way as humans, but it's, it's a very common thing. So yeah, the, it's opening the door. Yeah. And that shared experience is really the way to start the way to start the conversation. Yeah. I like how you pointed out that, you know, going back so far in the history books, I mean, that's even, Although it, it may be part of my lineage, but it, it's not tangible to me in the moment. Yeah. And so if I'm trying to connect with someone, we got to get on the same page. I think that's why talking about the weather is so popular. 
People just talk <laughs> about the weather. <laughs> that is a really good point. Now, I yeah. think oftentimes we're not. The thing that's happening, in my opinion, of course, most of the times with these conversations is that people aren't really trying to have conversations. They're really trying to win. So they'll bring up mm. a book that they read that you didn't read, and uh -huh. they'll be like, well, it said this, this, and this, and it's a history book, and you didn't read it, so now you're dumb. <laughs> That's not how it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is happening today? What can we talk about that we can get on the same page with first? Because when, when the walls go up, there's no point. And on that, I think that it's a good place to to wrap it up and stop right here because I could go further into this winning versus losing idea in the communication. But maybe we could talk about that another time. Because I'd yeah. love to have you back again. Yeah. So, Heather, please tell everybody your last name because <laughs> you didn't mention it. <laughs> and I did a terrible job of introducing oh. you. I'm like, oh, here's Heather. Like, every, you, like you go by your first name and that's just it, like Madonna. Ooh. Hmm. You could be. I think I'm going to go with that. No, uh, so, so my last name is Pear. Um, it sounds like the fruit. It is not spelled like the fruit. Um, Heather Pear. Um, and uh, where can we find you? Where can we find Heather Pear? Um, Instagram at HPPivots. HP like Peter Pivots. Um, I don't know what I am on Facebook. Heather HP. Heather HP on Facebook. I think if people Google your name, they'll find a lot of stuff about you. They probably will. Yeah. yeah. And if you go to, if you just go to LinkedIn, or excuse me, if you just go to Instagram, I have my link tree in my bio. So it, it's linked out to all of my website and everything. Fantastic. Yeah. And all that stuff will be in the show notes as well. So one more time before we get out of here, what's the name of your podcast again? And do you have an episode that you'd recommend? So it is Diversity on fire. Ooh, what episode would I recommend? You already know I want the food episode. Pick your poison. What? Do you <laughs> Let's see. Um, it depends on what you're looking for. So I, I really hesitate to – Lee's episode. Yeah, there we go. Episode 26. <laughs> episode 26. Oreos are cookies. We are people. <laughs> Lee Hopkins. Oh, I – I was not fishing for that, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, I didn't, you know what? I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. That's the one you guys need to listen to. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Hey, Heather, Pear, I appreciate you coming on and talking about diversity, communication, and getting the, the story, the idea started again. Like communication is everything. Connection is everything. Yes. So, 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 so much. Put the gate down, people. Exactly. All right. With that said, bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Heather, for coming on the podcast. I really had a great time talking with you. I learned something new and got some insights about the, the communication, the effort it really takes for two people. It has to be two people to have a successful conversation. So if you want to get your point across, like Heather said, try to have some patience and understanding so that the person can digest what you're saying to them. Also, Heather, again, thank you so much for talking about diversity and bringing that to our consciousness. Biodiversity was really especially interesting to me because I've not heard of it like that. So I hope that all of you 
know this new thing and go check it out and see what it's about. And also don't forget to follow Heather on her social media. That's at Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Linktree. And all of that will be in the show notes, but you can find her on most platforms as HP Pivots. That's in Heather Payer Pivots, HP Pivots. You can find her there. And then also you can find her you can check out our business page at www.pivotlife.com. That's P-I-V-O-T-L-Y-F-E.com, Pivot Life. So go ahead and check that out. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode again. And I hope to have Heather back to talk more about the difficult conversations surrounding diversity. My name is Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. If this wasn't enough for you, you can follow me on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, and I'm also on Clubhouse. That's a brand new audio app. It's kind of like an interactive podcast. So if you're familiar with it, you can find Patterns of Possibility. I host a room on Mondays at noon. We talk about childhood memories, and I also host a room on Tuesdays about relationships. It's called relationships. Bring your baggage and unpack here. The hope is, is that we start talking about things that are shameful, that seem to be secrets, and we're going to find out that we're not so different from each other after all. It's soothing to talk about things that you might think that you need to keep hidden. So I hope that you'll join me. Also, don't forget to sign up for, oh yeah, I knew that, the live interactive virtual game. It's going to be a blast. Until then, take care.